can't tell if the chemistry is good by looking at it. It wasn't clear yesterday. For the last time, the saltwater pool is a chlorine pool. This is the Talking Pools podcast with pool pros from every region in the country. If it happens in a pool, you'll hear about it here. Everything from tips and hacks to the latest tricks and trends, breaking news. We lay it on the line. We tell it like it is because we think you deserve to know. It's Thursday! That means it's time for CPO Thursdays on the Talking Pools podcast. I'm Rudy Stankowitz. Remember, if you need a CPO class, hit me up, cpoclass.com. Click on the CPO certification tab. There you'll find my schedule for both in-person and virtual classes. And I have a virtual class coming up June 21st and 22nd. That's right, virtual. Take it from anywhere in the world. You can take it from a park. You can take it from the beach. You can take it in your living room. You can take it in your bedroom or even in your kitchen. As long as you have an internet connection, you can get online with me and take your CPO certification class. Yes, even the test. The test is virtual as well. You'll take that online with me. Just do me a favor. If you're not going to be wearing pants, do not stand up during the Zoom meeting. Nobody wants to see all that. Right now, I'm going to go grab a cup of coffee, but in a minute, we're going to be talking CPO. Oh my God, can I tell you how much I hate math? I hated math throughout all of high school. I didn't do well at math. It was my worst subject, honestly. I hated it. But the math that you need for this class is just basic math. That's it. You don't even have to memorize formulas, none of the formulas, because we give them all to you. They're all in the book. It's an open book test, so you can look up every single formula that you need. The only thing you have to do is identify which formula it is you have to use. And your instructor during the class will show you which ones are for which. So that's it. If you can identify the formula and plug in the numbers given, you're golden. But do me a favor. If you don't have basic math skills, please understand that there is not an instructor anywhere who can teach you basic math in two days. It's not going to happen. If that's you, if your skills are weak, study before you come to the class. Study before you sign up to the class. If you have to get a tutor, get a tutor. There's no reason you shouldn't come to this class as prepared as possible. If you come in with weak math skills, if you can't use a calculator, you're going to struggle. You're going to feel lost. You're going to get left behind. We're going to try our best to keep you up to speed. But keep in mind, there's other students in there as well that do have these basic math skills. And by the end of the day, you get through the test, you're going to feel completely defeated. Why do that to yourself? Don't. Get your skills up to speed first before you come to the class. Do that. Get the tutor if you need it. Tutors are easy to find. That's the truth to it. So some of the math that we have to be able to do, you have to be able to convert ounces to pounds. 
All of your doses, almost all of your doses are going to be in ounces, but we don't do ounces. We only do pounds or gallons. So dry measure, ounces to convert to pounds, you divide by 16. Fluid ounces, we have to convert those to gallons. So to convert fluid ounces to gallons, you divide by 128. All of our distances have to be measured in feet. So if you have yards, we have to convert those to feet. The way you convert yards to feet, three feet in a yard, multiply yards by three. Same thing with meters, 3.28 feet in a meter. So if you have to convert meters to feet, you multiply the meters by 3.28. Inches to feet, easy peasy. There's 12 inches in a foot. Take the inches, divide by 12. These are important calculations. You're going to have to be able to calculate pool gallonage. The formula for calculating gallonage is always the same, no matter what the shape of the pool. It's always surface area by depth times 7.5. So surface area times depth times 7.5. The only difference in the shapes is the means that you use to calculate surface area. Guess what? Good news for this class. The only shapes we have to worry about are rectangles and circles. That's it. We do give you the formulas for other shapes in case you run them to the field. So you can come back and to refer to your book for that one. But if you're hell-bent on memorizing these and not using the ones you can look up in the book, which will always be there for you, surface area times depth times 7.5. If we're dealing with a rectangle, how do you calculate the surface area of a rectangle? Length by width. Again, we want the measures to be in feet because I want square foot of surface area. I'm then going to multiply that by my depth, which is also in feet, which will give me cubic feet of area. I'm going to multiply that by 7.5 because that's how much water a single cubic foot would hold. So surface area times depth will give me total cubic feet. If I multiply that by the amount of water in one cubic foot, it'll give me the amount of water in a swimming pool. Circular pool. The formula for surface area is pi r squared. Remember when they told you in high school, need it one day? Today is the day. Pi r squared. Radius times radius times 3.14. That's all that is. What's radius? That's one half the diameter. What's the diameter? That's the distance across the circle. Radius. One half the distance across the circle. Radius times radius times 3.14. Then we'd multiply that by our depth. Then we multiply that by 7.5. Let's say you have a pool that has a deep end and a shallow end. Most of them do. We have a constant slope. You'd take the shallow depth, add it to the deep depth, and divide by 2 because we need to use the average depth. That's the number we'd use. So in that case, it would be surface area times average depth times 7.5 to give us the gallons. So let's say, for example, our deep end was 8 foot. Our shallow end was 4 foot deep. 4 foot plus 8 foot is 12. 12 divided by 2 is 6. So in that scenario, my average depth would be 6 foot. If I had a funky shape, a free form, something that looked like a giant blob or an amoeba, what I would do there is I would break the pool into recognizable pieces, calculate the gallonage for each piece, and then add them together. Like I said, the formulas for some of the other shapes, they're in the book. Ovals, kidney shaped, they're there. Just figure out what shapes you have, calculate the gallonage for each using the specific formula for each shape that you broke the pool into, then add those shapes together or the gallons together to get the total gallonage for that pool. If you have a pool that is an irregular shape based off of the cross section, let's say you have a shallow end and then a pool with a diving well. 
So it goes down at a certain, say, from four foot to six foot or whatever in that sloped area. And then there's a sudden drop and that depth all the way across. You want to separate the dive well from the shallow end, calculate the gallonage of each piece, and then add them back together again. That's it. What if you had a spa? Spas have a seat in them. We want to break that into pieces also because based off of the cross section, that is in a regular shape. It kind of looks like an upside down wedding cake. So we're going to make a top half and a bottom half based off of where that seat is. Then again, calculate the gallonage of each piece and add it together. Pi R squared. Remember, for surface area, radius times radius times 3.14. And again, radius is one half the diameter and diameter is the distance across. Radius times radius times 3.14 times depth times 7.5. That will give me the gallons in each piece. Then you add those together. You'll have to be able to calculate the amount of water in one inch when we're calculating water loss. One inch. That doesn't change the surface area. The surface area of the pool is the same. It changes the depth. The depth is now one inch. So how do we convert inches to feet? Inches divided by 12, right? There's 12 inches in a foot. So one divided by 12, that's 0.0833. So that's the depth of my water if my depth is one inch. So surface area times 0.0833 times 7.5. And of course, the formula for surface area is the same as the two we just discussed. If it's a rectangle, it's length by width. So in this scenario, length by width by 0.0833 by 7.5. If it's a circle, it's pi r squared. Radius times radius times 3.14 times our one inch depth, which is 0.0833 converted to feet. Multiply that by 7.5, and that would give me the amount of water in one inch in a circular body of water. If I had lost multiple inches, calculate it based off of the one inch first, like we just did, and then multiply it by the total inches lost. I'm going to give you an example here that you may run into out in the field. This deals specifically with vacuum DE filters or if you have circular DE elements. You don't see these in a lot of the country, but we do talk a lot about them in the CPO handbook as far as having a vacuum side filter. That's the kind that the water is pulled through where the grids are in a surge pit. So 19 inches round, 19 inch elements. That's what we commonly deal with. So if we have a 19 inch element, I know everything needs to be in square foot. So I'm just going to convert these to feet right off the bat. Everything has to be in feet. We're not going to do inches. So 19 divided by 12, right? Because we divide by 12 to convert inches to feet gives me 1.58. So 1.58 is my diameter. I need the radius. Radius is one half the diameter, right? So 1.58 divided by two gives me 0.79. So that's my radius. Using it in the formula to calculate surface area for a circle, pi r squared, we're looking at radius times radius times 3.14. So in this 19-inch element, I'm using 0.79 times 0.79 times 3.14. Whoops. 0.79 times. I fat-fingered the calculator. You have to give me 0.79 times 0.79 times 3.14 gives me 1.96 square foot of surface area on one side of my element. My element has two sides. So 1.96 times two gives me a total square footage of 3.29 square foot of surface area on one 19 inch circular grid. Fat fingering the calculator happens to all of us, happens all the time. Here's my advice. And this is what I do. Whenever I'm using the calculator, I calculate things three times. 
Every calculation, I do three times. If I come up with the same answer three times in a row, I either nailed it or I have no friggin' idea what I'm doing. In either case, I run with it. That's my... <laughs> That's my MO on math. Anyway, 3.92 square foot of filter area on one of those elements. So let's say I had, I don't know, 18 of those elements. I would take then the surface area of one element and multiply it by the 18 elements that I have. And in that scenario, I would have 70.56 square foot of filter area. Why is that important? Well, one, I need to make sure that I can handle the flow rate that I have because DE grids can only handle two gallons per minute per square foot of filter area. So if I wanted to calculate how much water this could handle at two gallons per minute per square foot of filter area, I would take that 70.56 and multiply it by two, and that would be the maximum flow rate that I could handle. If I wanted to calculate, so in that case, it would be 100, uh, what, 141 gallons per minute. So if I wanted to calculate how much diatomaceous earth I needed to add, one and a quarter pounds per 10 square foot of filter area, that's how much DE you're supposed to add. So if I have 70.56 square foot of filter area, I would first divide that by 10 to figure out how many times I have 10 square foot of filter area, which is 7.056. Then multiply that by the 1.25, which gives me 8.82 pounds of diatomaceous earth. 18, 19 inch elements. So one DE scoop holds one half a pound of DE. That's it. One DE scoop holds one half pound of DE. So I would take this number and multiply it by two. And in my filter that has 70 square foot of filter area that has 18 elements, I would need 17.6 scoops of diatomaceous earth. So if we want to make this super easy going forward, when you run into these 19-inch round grids in your surge pit, you only need one DE scoop for every grid. And that's the way the math happens to work out when using these 19-inch elements. That's all I have for you this week. It's Thursday. I'll be back again with more CPO stuff next Thursday. Until then, if you need a CPO class, check out my website, www.cpoclass.com. Click on the tab for CPO certification schedule. That will pull up both my in-person and virtual classes. So you can either stop in and see me live face-to-face, -face, or you can see me live via Zoom. We'll do those in a Zoom meeting. In either case, we'll get you certified. We'll get you taken care of. If you want to practice before a CPO class that you have coming up, it doesn't matter who your instructor is. I don't care. I have a practice page on my website. Check it out. Again, the website is cpoclass.com. Find the tab that says CPO practice test. Click on that. I have a bunch of flashcards there. I have a practice test, a practice CPO test, and I have some other practice calculations that you can go through and some videos that you can watch, some cool things there that can help bring you even more up to speed than you already are. Until next Thursday, be good, be safe.
I just wanted to take a minute to say thank you for listening today. I'm hoping you enjoyed the episode as much as we enjoyed putting it together for you. Listen, it's been a couple of wacky, crazy, screwed up years from pandemic to Poolmageddon. I just want you to know that we are all in this together. If there's anything that we can do for you, send me an email at talkingpools at gmail.com. Again, that's talkingpools at gmail.com. We're here. This is your podcast. We are the Pool People's Podcast of the Pool People for the Pool People by the Pool People's Podcast. This one is about you. So thank you for tuning in and listening. Do me a favor. Click subscribe before you go. That way you don't miss an episode. 